It was heartbreaking when I separated from my first wife. It was a bitter pill to swallow, to accept me as I am. I loved her so much. It left a very big wound. When Lovemore got sick almost a decade ago, he felt his life begin to crumble. His wife left him. His friends avoided him. Even his church wanted him gone. I was seeing many people talking negative things about me because when you are having wounds like this, people, they don't want even to associate with you, even to be close to you. And that's what he longs for, to be close to someone again. But stigma and discrimination from his community left him penniless and alone. I'm facing rejection. I'm facing rejection. Some people, when they are looking at me, they say, what caused you to be like this? Did you store some, some uh, things of other people? Or did you to take someone's wife? Uh, they, they speak things I even don't know. And it is so hating. I'm Darshan Mudli, and welcome to the UNICEF Africa podcast. Today, we're in Gutu, in Zimbabwe, to meet with Lovemore, who's one of over two million citizens with a disability. Here, as in so many places in the world, disability is associated with witchcraft, evil spirits, or breaking traditional taboos. But Lovemore knows there's a better explanation. I tried to go around looking for help from the different hospitals, clinics, and uh, they failed. I remember there was one doctor who was a specialist who examined me and uh, he did some further examinations until he said uh, the sickness is called blood disorder or blood confusion. And uh, he said this sickness is not common here in Africa. Lovemore's hands and feet are covered in sores and many of his fingers and toes are missing. But he tells me his emotional wounds are far more painful. People were running away from me. They were saying, ah, this person is smelling. And even when the customers were coming to buy, they were told, you, uh, you are going to buy things from that person who, who has got some wounds and he's smelling. That's why Lovemore no longer sells his products at the local market. He prefers to lay them out on a dusty street corner where other traders won't bother him. On average, four out of five Zimbabweans make a living this way, in the informal sector, selling fresh fruit, recycling waste, or working odd jobs. I'm selling these racks and some brooms and some cooking sticks uh, and those African brooms, those grass ones. That was my main product that I was selling. Only that product for me to survive. How much could you make selling that? Uh, (laughs) A dollar was a lot for me. And it was only making me survive to get food for the day. But that was his income before the COVID-19 pandemic struck his town. 
During the lockdowns that followed, one study found Zimbabweans with disabilities saw their incomes fall by half to just 13 US dollars per month. Lovemore struggled to buy medicine and food and care for his kids. Worst of all, he felt like no one cared. Hey, my name is Poshia Mataruse. I'm a project manager here at Goal. It's a UNICEF project. Porsche works for Goal Zimbabwe. It's a registered charity running humanitarian programs. They conduct door-to-door visits to collect the data UNICEF uses to identify vulnerable households. Porsche hears stories of how the pandemic is ruining people's lives. Well, there's no industry in Kutu. So most of the people, they do pieceworks, like they, they do brick molding or they buy bananas. Then they will sell bananas on commission. So during the pandemic, it was difficult because people were not allowed to go to, to sell their belongings. It was very difficult for those people. So when the program was introduced, it was better for them. Porsche is talking about the emergency social cash transfer program. Since 2020, it has provided $12 per person in eligible households of up to four people. This includes homes with the elderly, pregnant women, persons with disabilities, and children under the age of two. Those with disabilities like Lovemore receive $15 per month. He still remembers the day Porsche's team showed up at his door. There was a day when I was sleeping at my house, when there was a team that was walking around looking for people who were like me, who were disabled, who were not even able to to, to look after themselves. When they come, they they introduced themselves to me and uh, I said, you are welcome, you are welcome, and I explained everything to them. What did you tell them? I told them I was not even able to go anywhere. I was lacking even food. By the time that I met those people, they said, wait, you are going to find your name being called. And of course, sure, I was called. So tell me what we're doing now, Lavmo. Mm-hmm. So we are now going to collect money from Mukuru. Mukuru is a local money transfer. They distribute financial aid on behalf of UNICEF. Lavmo's just received a text message on his phone notifying him the funds are ready. We walk up the street to Mukuru where he starts by filling out a form with all his details. I'm now writing my name, Love Momorim. I'm now writing my ad- the address and my ID, telephone number. Do you know what you're going to spend the money on? Yes. First of all, I have to buy some milimili, cooking oil. Meat, chicken, tomatoes. Also, I buy some sanitation to, to clean 
my 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 family see clothes and even our bodies. At the front of the queue, Lovemore hands over his phone, the form, and identity card to the cashier, who then verifies the information against their electronic records. Do you know what they're doing? Yeah, they are looking at my ID so that they may prove that my ID is going hand in hand with the slips that I have written. So they have proved that I'm the right person to collect the amount. Thank you. Yes, I've collected my money from Guru, $51. How do you feel? I'm so excited. Really. I'm so excited because I'll be in the shop like all other people who are buying for their families. So I'll be also doing the same. Nearly 10,000 beneficiaries collect their money from Makuru each month. That supports the lives of around 40,000 people. It was a very great surprise when they gave me some money the first month. I never thought it is true because it never happened, especially in my life. But what comes as a surprise to Lovemore is the money has no strings attached. He has total freedom and flexibility to spend it on whatever he decides are his most pressing needs. It gives him the kind of dignity and agency he would not get from a food voucher or a handout. While evidence shows the majority of beneficiaries use the money wisely, in a handful of cases, cash has one drawback. Sometimes we've got cases that come through to our offices. The wife will complain that the husband is taking the money and misusing it. Aleta Mtlanga is a case management officer for the Ministry of Social Services in Gutu. What I do normally I call the couple. I offer counselling to them. We understand where the problem is coming from. And by virtue of me being a social worker, we try and talk to the person who is misusing the money. A letter can request UNICEF reallocate the cash payment to a more trustworthy beneficiary in the home. But that's usually a last resort. We don't want uh, the couples to fight when I'm gone. I just sit with them and tell them, what do you do when you get your money? This money is supposed to assist you because the reason why you qualified is because of your child who is living with a disability. She is the reason why you qualified. And now, if you get the money, as a couple, you should sit down and say, what don't we have in the house today? You list down the list of groceries. You call your wife. You go and buy together. But more will be needed this year. UNICEF estimates over 4 million Zimbabweans will need urgent humanitarian assistance in 2022. Nearly half of those will be children. While the problems go far beyond what money can solve alone, it can dramatically improve their lives. For Lovemore, he can buy healthy food, put his kids through school more often, invest in growing his business, and get medical treatment. 
Right now, even other people are getting surprised when they are seeing me. I'm feeling God is restoring me. I'm coming back to my normal life. For many years, Lovemore was heartbroken. He had no one to share his life with him. The COVID pandemic only made things worse. A hard lockdown forced him into isolation, robbing him of his meagre income. But this simple gesture of giving him cash has changed so much. In a small way, it even helped him find love again. I was not even thinking about getting married because alone I was not even able to look after myself. But right now, I'm seeing the hand of God through you good people who came into my life. I am now having a family. My wife is with me now. True to his name, Lovemore found more love than he'd lost. Last year, he even used some of his cash payment to marry the new love of his life. I am now able to look after someone else like a life partner, a wife. Now I think I can make it. Unconditional cash transfers have been proven to help vulnerable people live longer, escape extreme poverty, and preserve their dignity. It provides a lifeline in the darkest of times and serves as a reminder that someone cares. Please, may you continue to remember us and uh, please don't forget me. The Emergency Social Cash Transfer Programme is funded by the governments of Sweden, Germany and Norway. It is supported by UNICEF Zimbabwe in collaboration with the charity Goal and Zimbabwe's Ministry of Social Welfare. This podcast is made possible thanks to funding from the government of Norway. For the UNICEF Africa podcast, I'm Darshan Mudley.